and thank you for listening to today's episode of JATCast, the official podcast of the Journal of Athletic Training. I'm your host, Luke Donovan. This month, we will discuss two articles over two short episodes from the current issue of the Journal of Athletic Training. In the first episode, I'll talk about applying science of quality improvement to your clinical practice. In the second episode, I'll explore the findings of a study that compared measures of quality of life between high school athletes who participated in collision or contact sports compared to athletes who participated in no or limited contact sports. As a reminder, the article discussed today can be found on the JAT website, natajournals.org. And please remember that all content from JAT is open access to all readers thanks to the funding from the National Athletic Trainers Association. The title of the first article is, Looking to Improve Your Practice? Consider the Science of Quality Improvement to Get Started. Authored by Dr. Allison Snyder-Vallier from A.T. Still University. Let's survey the scene. Quality improvement in healthcare have been linked since the 1800s. At the turn of the century, the Institute of Medicine outlined six criteria to aid with closing the gap between the healthcare that patients receive and the known availability of good quality healthcare. The six criteria make up the acronym STEEP, which stands for safe, timely, effective, efficient, equitable, and patient centered. There are many reasons that quality improvement in healthcare is important, but the two most definitive are that one, medical errors are the third largest cause of death within the United States, and two, healthcare costs continue to rise exponentially. Although athletic healthcare may not be an overly large contributor to the mentioned statistics, as a healthcare profession, a goal of athletic trainers should be to ensure our healthcare system is operating in accordance to the STEEP criteria. As such, the purpose of this commentary was to present principles of quality improvement science to help position athletic trainers to create a culture of quality improvement and lead improvement initiatives in local healthcare systems. Quality improvement is defined as the work of all stakeholders, including patients, families, administrative support, and healthcare providers to promote better patient outcomes, system performance, and professional development. This definition highlights the shared responsibility among all parties involved in our healthcare system. There are some similarities between research and quality improvement, which we are going to now address. One similarity is that both use methods, such as the model for improvement. The two often differ in factors such as intent, design and methods, and benefit. Specific to intent, the goal of research is often to create new knowledge, advance current knowledge, and to generalize the results to a broader population. Whereas quality improvement is intended to address a specific quality gap in a local healthcare system and to make that system better. The commentary uses handwashing as an example, differentiating between research and quality improvement initiatives. The author states that a quality improvement initiative would focus on designing a strategy to increase handwashing among clinicians after patient interaction in a local system, whereas research would identify the best method of handwashing to reduce transmission of bacteria with the intent of sharing the better technique with all practicing clinicians. Design also differs between the two. Research is based off of scientific methods, while quality improvement uses various frameworks such as the model for improvement. The model for improvement uses a plan, do, study, act cycle and consists of three driving questions to first, narrow the goal of the initiative, second, 
explore measures to determine when an improvement has occurred, and third, identify specific changes that may cause improvements. The modeled approach in quality improvement creates more malleable, adaptive, and less controlled methods when compared to research studies, where the methods are often rigid, remove sources of bias, and follow specific protocols that do not change across the study duration. The intended benefit also differs between quality improvement and research. It is not to say that one is more or less beneficial than the other, but rather the onset and focus of benefit typically differs between the two. Quality improvement initiatives aim to cause a nearly immediate benefit directly to the local systems where patients are likely to receive that benefit. On the other hand, participants in research studies are not as likely to receive an immediate benefit from the study involvement and may never actually directly benefit from participating in that study. Again, intent, design, and methods and benefit are often the areas in which quality improvement initiatives and research differ. However, there is some overlap between the two when it comes to design. Let's discuss some considerations for designing quality improvement initiatives. Most often, these initiatives are small-scale attempts to address a frustration, narrow a quality gap, eliminate a safety concern, or correct a problem within a local system. Simple, small-scale efforts are more likely to result in success than bigger initiatives. Specific to sports medicine, examples provided by Dr. Snyder Vallier could include patient experience in a hospital setting for those with a shoulder dislocation, reducing errors associated with radiographs in pediatric patients, and increasing the delivery of return-to-drive recommendations for patients after concussion. There are five guiding principles that provide a template for developing quality improvement initiatives. These principles state that the quality improvement project should 1. Focus on patients, 2. Value teams, 3. Emphasize systems and processes of care, 4. Appreciate the power of variability, and 5. Require data. Referring back to STEEP, enhancing both the patient experience and patient care is at the core of quality improvement. Moreover, creating teams provides an opportunity to involve all stakeholders, providing a greater opportunity for a more pronounced benefit. At minimum, teams should include a day-to-day leader who champions the cause, technical experts who understand different components of the system and processes, and an executive sponsor who has the access and authority to obtain resources. Quality improvement initiatives should also focus on the healthcare systems and mechanisms to provide care. Systems of care can be small, such as interactions between a patient and a clinician, or may be quite large and include athletic training facilities, the school nurse, student health services, and the local hospital. Given the complexity of the systems in which athletic trainers are employed, understanding the processes and inner workings of these systems or, as the science of quality improvement calls it, becoming process literate, is critical to successfully implement quality improvement initiatives as it will create an opportunity to visualize problems and identify areas in need of improvement. One technique to become process literate is by creating a fishbone diagram. The head represents the quality problem or gap. The scales signify the broad system components, examples being patients, policies, practitioners, and finally, the bones signify contributing factors to the quality problem or gap. 
as a general rule, the head and the bones of the fish always follow the same direction. An example fishbone diagram is provided in figure 2 of the commentary and illustrates the quality problem being that patient-reported outcomes are not always being collected. In this case, patient-reporting outcomes not being collected represents the head of the fish. Broad system components or scales would be the athletic trainer, the patient, the environment, and processes to record. Finally, items such as too many patients, no time, Dishonest answers, confusing electronic medical record systems are all examples of bones. Once creating the fishbone diagram, the team should assess which components of the system to first seek to improve with understanding that a focus goal may improve the likelihood of success. The fourth guiding principle is to appreciate the power of variability within a system. There are two types of system variability. First type is known as common cause variation, which is a variation that is expected, affects everyone, and is part of the system. The second type is known as special cause variation, which is unexpected, does not affect everyone, and is not part of the normal system. Here is an example from the article. An emergency action plan timeout is a normal process where visiting athletic trainers meet with the host medical team to discuss the emergency action plan prior to the start of an event. This typically occurs approximately 30 minutes before the game, but the actual time really ranges between 25 to 35 minutes before the game. This normal fluctuation in time is a common cause variation. However, if a key member of the athletic staff arrives late to the game because of a factor outside of the system, like bad weather for an example, and the timeout does not occur until minutes before the game, the delay is considered a special cause variation. As suggested by this example, understanding the type of variation is important because the solution will differ between the type of variability. Removing a special cause variation resets the system to normal and is likely to result in a change other than addressing the factor that pr prompted the change. Addressing a common cause variation in a system requires a change to the system itself. Although this example presents special cause variation in negative light, there are cases where special cause variation may be positive. In these incidents, efforts should be made to incorporate the special cause variation as part of the system, thus converting it to common cause variation. Determination of positive versus negative is dependent on acquired data. Which brings us to our final guiding principle of creating a quality improvement project. Quality improvement cannot occur without data. Data allow for the assessment of system's current status, provide the opportunity to evaluate the effects of change within the system, and demonstrate success when positive improvement improvements are realized. Metrics used as data should align with the cause and should be relatively effortless to acquire. In summary, this commentary outlines the key differences between quality improvement initiatives and research and provides a template for athletic trainers to develop quality improvement projects to enhance their corresponding healthcare system and patient-centered care. These projects should start small, but over time will have a pronounced effect on the healthcare community. Well, that's it for today's JAT cast. Please remember to rate and subscribe to the podcast, which is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Stitcher. 
You can find out more information about upcoming podcasts and other JAT events on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts at JAT underscore NATA. Thank you for listening and keep a lookout for our next JAT cast episode. Thank you.